everybody and welcome back to another episode one for one a, a bundled up episode if you will uh i'm your host nolan schumann joined as always by my co-host miles fuchs miles you're a little chilly <laughs> i'm 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 not chilly it's it's nice and it's balmy in the house right now i'm just i think i'm coming oh I, I, down with the sickness a little bit and i, and I don't feel very good <laughs> So I'm going to try to be like high energy this episode and, and you know, fun and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but I have a feeling I'm going to be more like a crotchety old man. And I'm going to be like, well, that's what happens when you when you when you're fucking around. <laughs> I had three of my best friends die. <laughs> And that's what it feels like to drive an F two fifty. If anybody, if nobody's seen it yet, um, you need to watch the TikTok by helping horses heal, <laughs> which is just an incredible, incredible just, handle. Just a, just a handle. Not, not, not even any, no adjectives whatsoever. Just a handle. Pure rock star behavior it's i mean if miles didn't have a, a rock star of the week that probably would have been it right there but uh oh, dude hands down yeah uh hands down my man say la vie uh la just vie. kidding we don't or say la vie we don't speak french in this podcast <laughs> um <laughs> well uh anyways as i was saying i'm your host Nolan Chuba Joyce, always but my host miles Fuchs. miles uh we are back and um the oilers have played a few games um Trade deadline has passed. It's um, we, what's that? Can can we talk about something serious for a minute? Yeah, of course. No, I with my job, I spend a little bit of time on the road, and when I'm on the road, I get to I get to thinking, and I have a lot of really intellectual conversations with myself, or mm-hmm. you know, intellectual thoughts. At at some point, I think I'm going to be able to write a book. But today, I was I was struck with one, and I was really looking forward to asking you about it on on the pod and discussing it because i had an answer come to my head right away hypothetical situation okay okay somebody puts a gun to your head and says hey fucking fuck face you have to win an eating competition or else i'm gonna kill you what food are you picking rephrased what food do you think you could eat more than like 99 percent of the population um like what can you in street terms, what can you absolutely mock? Uh, I was going to say it's either pizza or it's uh, bagels with cream cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah, bagels with cream cheese might be the move because every time I have a bagel with cream cheese, I always say to Taylor while I still have my mouth full, oh, fuck, I could eat eight of these. <laughs> and that's that's the mentality you have to have when you go into it because it's got to be something that you can just house. Yeah. Something you, something you can house. <laughs> Take it all the way down. I love the thought experiment of <laughs> a home invasion and some guy is pointing a pistol at your head <laughs> and saying, you need to enter a professional food eating competition. You need to go full Joey Chestnut on something or I'm going to blow your fucking head off. Dude, hell yeah. Criminals are getting smarter every day. And I think that the, it's it's only a matter of time. I like to be prepared for every situation. And, you know, I, I like to pass that on to the listeners because as as they've had time to, you know, absorb this question into the in, through their speakers, they're like, oh, well, for me, it would be, 
you know, X, Y, Z, those would be the things that I could, I could hammer. So now everybody's going to know off the dome. If, if a Rob river comes in like competitive eating challenge, what are you doing? Go. And they're going to be like, donuts. <laughs> do you, do you know what, do you know what I often practice when I'm on the road, whenever I'm talking to myself? So you're just not going to ask me what mine are. Hey, Oh, so, sorry. I, no, I was, I, no, I was literally going to get to it. I, I just wanted to just quickly mention like before the thought got out of my head. Go. What do you do when you're on the road? I I like to I like to pretend that I'm uh that I'm the president of a professional sports franchise dealing with a PR nightmare. <laughs> so you drive a little bit faster, make make haste. Uh no, I'm 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 practicing my speech on how I'm letting go of a certain player because he got because he got upset to some off the court antics. Or your co- or your coach if you're the yeah. Celtics. Yeah 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 exactly. So. I think, but anyways, go, Miles, going back to your your uh, your hypothetical uh, robber slash mass murderer comes to your home and decides to well, put a, a a fucking Colt a Colt forty five or Colt yeah a a, a twenty two in your mouth. I don't fucking know where I'm going with this. I, a Glock in your mouth. It's and, King Vaughn, like the rapper from Chicago, and he yeah. comes in with a ruler clip on the Blizzy, and he's like. <laughs> And then he asks me the question, and immediately I say, "Fresh rolls or lasagna?" Fresh rolls or lasagna? Hey, I think I think I could eat more fresh rolls than anybody ever. And lasagna, I could, I can, I can handle lasagna. You are a full blown Garfield. (laughs) I hate Mondays. Actually, man, this is kind of funny. You say Garfield, like not funny because like lasagna, very logical connection. I respect it, but um, this I, I bought a shirt with Garfield on it. And I was wearing it to my friend's baby shower under like a nice jacket. Don't worry about it. It's a white clean with white t shirt. Nice jacket. Well, the the chain pops because it's got a really tight collar, so the chain pops. Oh, okay, and then sorry. I wore like a nice navy jacket with just the white like sticking out of it. But as we were kind of moving, the jacket got unbuttoned. I was getting a little hot. And my friend, he goes, Tina, the science guy, shout out. He goes, uh, is that a gutfeld shirt? Like like the gutfeld Fox News show. <laughs> like the political satire show <laughs> i was mortified no it's not a gutfeld shirt but now i want a gutfeld shirt because i think that would be really funny uh, uh do you know what my favorite piece of garfield related like i don't know anything is is that tweet that was like um it was like an only fans model that had like a picture <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like her boobs were like underneath Garfield's eyes. And then she was like, do you want to see more? And then the guy tweeted back at her and was like, I want to see what's underneath that shirt. You're, no, he's, he's like, I want to see the rest of that shirt. And she pulls it down. And he's like, yeah, that's fucking flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sick shirt. But it, the, I'm looking at that right now because baby back, baby back sent that in our group chat today at 4.52 p.m. His handle is big gar fan 37 yeah. i'm looking at the tweet right now let's fucking go that shirt is flames <laughs> that guy has a degree in quantum rizics though hey eh? like he, tweet- he's the he's the I'm, riz master for that i'm i'm retweeting that tweet right now from the, <laughs> from one, the for one for one, one account. account let's go that shirt is flames <laughs> okay should we should we get to yeah, should we get to ass tax right now we're wasting time because we got a thick bitch of an episode today. I'm oh. swearing a lot. I'm sorry if Mama B is okay. listening. I feel really bad because she gets mad at me when I swear. But uh, any hoosers, um, lasagna and fresh rolls. Um, 
Okay, so we're going to be talking about the or game. fucking against... die. <laughs> or fucking die. Life or death. <laughs> talking about the game against the Maple Leafs, the two games against the Yets, and then the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. After that, we're going to move into just a little bit of a little bit of next week's agenda. You know the rest. You're getting kind of used to it. A little bit of a sponsorship thing. Who knows? Um, then we're going to talk into some Oilers shit, which is basically just trade stuff. Uh, and then get out of here with uh, what Nolan has eloquently titled NHL shit slash trade deadline recap. Fuck me. So um, you probably know all the trades by now. And if, if you haven't, well, you came to the right place, but we're going to be focused on the big trades and then we're going to talk about our deadline winners and losers. So even if you do all the trades, uh, stick around, learn about the rock star of the week and learn about the winners and losers of the deadline. Cause uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. Got to get up here. So without further ado, Nolan, cause we don't speak French here. Would you like to lead things off with the recap of the game against the Maple Leafs? I would love to miles capital L Leafs. The, the the loafs as we call them so title for this game welcome to edmonton matthias with a 5-2 win over the toronto maple leafs um oilers debut for a new trade acquisition matthias Eckholm against the leafs anytime leafs land in western canada you know the dickheads in brackets leaf fans are going to be out in full force we all know this um uh, this is a, a tale as old as time if you will when it comes to hockey Early in this one, the Leafs fans attempt to assert their dominance with a Go Leafs Go chant that is quickly drowned out by a Go Oilers Go chant. Or is it Let's Go Oilers? I can't remember whichever one. It's probably a combination of both. Uh, Clearly, McDaniel, the best player on the sheet, heard this and decided it was twine time, baby. Power play goal from Leon and Nuge, 1-0 Oilers. Then, unfortunately, uh, after an, an errant play, uh, David Camp scores one uh, midway through the first to even things up at 1-1. Was it offside? Was it a Cody Cece uh, law, uh, loss of signal to the uh, controller? Maybe. Who knows? We can't say for sure. That is between him and God. Uh, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Connor McDavid is a petty bitch. When he plays the Leafs or when the media gets a little too loud about another player being goaded with the sauce, the con man gets a little cranky. Connor McDorvid score, scores his second of the game, 2-1 Oilers, assist to Costin and Zach Hyman. Now, Miles. Canada's known for a few things. Poutine, Mounties, ketchup chips, all delicious things. But I'm not thinking savory, Miles. <laughs> I'm thinking sweet. What is sweeter than maple syrup? How about a children's author goal? 29 against his former team? Oh, yeah. Zachary Martin Hyman puts the Oilers up 3-1 before the end of the first with his 29th of the season. Eckholm, Eckholm, Eckholm. Welcome to Edmonton, you sweet Viking prince. And Connor McDavid get the assists on this one. A Second- Zachary Martin Hyman goal, Nolan. Can I, I don't want to get into this earlier than we need to, um, but I had Oilers win, Nuge over 0.5 assists, so one assist, and a Hyman anytime goal for a boosted parlay, and this won me a nice dinner in Las Vegas. I had I had um, a very similar bet, and then I also had I also had just a little tasty one because remember when we were talking before the game, and I even mentioned on the last episode, I was feeling a little uh, Connor McDavid hat trick bet because I was like, oh yeah, ah, you know, he was playing. on hat trick watch early, man. And he we're was not on even hat- in the second. We're, we're not, not even, even at the second, second period. period. Jinks, we... you owe me you owe me a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> I want a kiss on the dick. <laughs> Talk to you no! later. 
We're going out tonight. <laughs> Second period and get ready to hear this kid's name a lot during the episode. Kyler Yamamoto, <laughs> angry billick noises, puts the Oilers out front four to one. CC and Nurse get the assist here. The Clem Reaper, the smooth criminal, crisp and clean with no caffeine. New Jesse, whatever you want to call him, he scores from Clowder and Fogel to make it five one. <laughs> Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers girl, skirt for number twenty one. Clem Kirsten. Ruin McLaren. Ruin don't, don't put me in the booth to announce a goal. <laughs> Bitchell Martyr with it score an early third period power play goal from Riley and Poppy to make it a 5-2 game. Leafs would put 11 shots on goal in the third, but fell 5-2 in this one. Oilers outshot Toronto 32-28 to and looked absolutely dominant in this one. Oilers went 1-4 for four on the power play and 2-3 for three on the penalty kill. Skinner was solid as hell, stopping 26-28 shots. Very good game from the Oilers. We are very proud of you boys. Um, man, not enough can be said about how good this game was for them. Like, they they shut them down. Aside, aside from the CC shutdown, the Oilers played like a perfect sixty minutes. Absolutely, in, in my in my little opinion. And goddamn, did Matthias Ekholm ever make his ever make a statement with his first game as an Oiler? Um, something something about how this guy plays, the steadiness, the calmness, the effectiveness of being able to just get the puck out and not only like get the puck out and ice it like I feel like most of our defensemen do, but being able to make that first pass. There were multiple points during this game where he I can't remember who it was to, but it was the it was the play where Zach Hyman almost where Zach Hyman got sent on the breakaway and almost scored. Um and so um and and there was and there was something about that first pass that he made and it was just miraculous stuff it just it it made me very happy to see um just a very simple play and i know that that sounds kind of embarrassing but i we have to understand what we've been used to uh as oiler fans thus far uh what were your first impressions of uh of of mr urkholm in this game mr urkholm the sweet viking prince the the father figure that this decor needs such a dad out there love him Talking. um first impressions looked really good plays a really solid game contributes defensively like tenfold he's got offensive upside to him too like you said he does the little things with the breakout passes really nice so he makes it fun to watch games i thought that he did a really good job he was playing with bush for this game right he's been playing with bush the entire time yeah, yeah so Okay, sweet. So no passive aggressiveness there. <laughs> Let's fucking go. But um, I thought they did a really good job the entire game of just like stymieing zone entries. Yeah. Where it looked like whoever the Leafs were trying to get over the line had no chance. Like they were, they were forced to simply try and carry carry over. Like they weren't dumping and chasing. When they were, it was quickly getting dug out, passed up, out. Uh, when they were carrying it over the line, they were quickly swiped, handled, and pushed away. So they made Marner they made the top they made that big Toronto offense look you know have a hard time and yeah. that's that's really great to see and it allowed Nurse and CC I thought well minus the CC shutdown to play solid and that final pairing Kulak and Bush I let her uh, Kulak and Bro they look really good together too and whenever Vinny DeHarnay switches in there 
um, look steady. They've got a couple dads now, Kulak, Ekholm. I think they're they're helping those boys in the back end. So I love the pickup. It's looked really great so far. This game especially. That was that was such a nice welcome to the to the team. Yeah. Did you see what his wife said about Edmonton? I certainly did. For those who do not know what we're talking about, they're Swedish. And she's from like super northern Sweden, like reindeer type shit. And she was talking about how she's so excited to like raise their kids in a like winter or real winter and allow them to play winter sports and how Edmonton is going to be such a good place for them to do that and how excited she is to be there and blah and like raise her family, blah, 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 blah. So when you hear that after everybody's made fun of you about Chris Pronger's wife saying, get me the hell out of Edmonton in one year because the winters were too cold, that feels really, really nice. It's a good change of scenery pardon the pun, to see that players' families want to come to Edmonton. Like with Hyman, and when, he, when he was being courted by the Oilers and he said Edmonton felt like home, it was so great, my family loved it, blah, blah, blah. It's nice. It sounds like they've turned a page there where people are coming to Edmonton because they want to play with McDavid, um, but are liking the city and are liking what it has to offer. So that makes all the difference with these guys to give them motivation and allow them to relax and just take extra worry off their plate. Like if you have a pissed off spouse all the time, it's going to make going to work and performing really difficult. Right. Um, or make you look for other outlets. So having something as little as that is massive. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more with Bugs dad. Yeah, yeah, of alert. course. Um, yeah, it's really, really cool to see. And, um, we'll kind of get into this maybe when we do our overall like Oilers wrap up, but I mean, there's some pretty bold takes about what Matthias Eckhol might be to this team, and I'm starting to believe it more and more every day. Um, hot, hot takes, hot listeners. Oh, very hot takes. Uh, Miles, would you like to get to the next game? Speaking of hot things, um, oil over jet fuel. 6-3 win over Winnipeg on Friday, March 3rd. Coming in for Ansh off of a win against the Leafs and taking on a struggling Jets team who are 0 4 and 1 in their previous five games. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Leon Dreisidel, the power play merchant extraordinaire, says, uh, I'm going to score a cute little goal on the power play here. Two minutes and six seconds into the game. Nugent McDavid get the assists. one nothing Oilers. Oilers go into the room after outshooting the Jets 12-6 to in that first period, and they are up one to nothing. Nuge scores a minute 44 into the second, and Larry from Red Deer hasn't even had time to get back to his seat after taking a leak. He is the type of guy to wear an Ethan Morrow jersey to the game, but he's still high-fiving the people around him because it's 2 nothing. Oilers. Yamo times one. At 9.18 and Yamo times two at 9.58. Oh my God, angry Billick noises. This kid loves playing with our emotions, hey? Nuge got the assist on the first one and Kleem and Kulak got the assist on the second one. Um, You know, ever play NHL and you're playing threes online and you get a money puck like a plus two and it's like bing, bing. So that made it three, three and then four, nothing. Oilers. Uh, the third period had a lot of goals, so settle down uh, and let let Daddy walk you through what we got going on here, okay? Because Nuge scores a power play goal from Leon and Connor, 226 into the third, and it's 5 nothing Oilers. Bang, bang, choo-choo train. Come on, Winnipeg, do your thing. Brackets lose. <laughs> Axel Rose, um, his his real name is Axel Johnson Philby. 
I don't even know. You're uh, you're barking up the wrong tree. Phoebe. Phoebe. Excellent. Phoebe. Scores to make it 5-1. Um, Swedish Ben, if you want to let me know how I did on the pronunciation there, if you're ever listening, I'd really appreciate it because I'm pretty sure he's Swedish. It's probably um, Axel so- Janssen, by the way. Axel Janssen. There you go. Sounds like a guy who fucking loves ABBA. Um, anyway, he scores 5-1 Oilers. We're not worried about it. Leon would answer back a minute later from Yamo and McDavid to make it 6-1. And then Gamer Mark scores a power play goal from newly what acquired... What a loser. What a loser. Uh, scores a power play goal from <laughs> newly acquired Niederreiter to make it 6-2. And then right after that, like a minute and six seconds after, I actually threw the math there. That was really hard. Uh, Brendan Dillon scores in the Jets... Uh, and that I have to figure out how I type this because I'm stupid. And Jets, the Jets, not a typo, just the thought it was funny, a little play on words, like like let's go Jets kind of thing. So he Jets the Jets to a 6-3 score, but that is as close as they would come. Shots finished 33-28 to for the Oilers. Oil went 2-3 for three on the penalty kill, and ooh, this is staggering. 2-9 for nine on the power play. Uh, lucky they didn't burp the Jets and rip all those power play chances and score all those goals. Hellebuck got chased after the second and allowed uh, four goals on 20 shots. Stu credited with 25 saves. Loved the big two points here on a Friday night. Way to be Oilers. Yeah, this was this was really good to see. Um, another another really 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 convincing win. Um, got a little. Got a little close there for a few minutes. A little shaky there for yeah, a minute a little bit shaky. Um, Vinny DeHarnay with some really tough sequences in this game. But at the end of the day, Vinny DeHarnay is also a defenseman that has played like 19 games in this league. So I'm not too, too worried if he makes any sort of mistake. Um, but overall, I mean, once again, these are these are points you got to pick up. This is a team that's battling with you for a wild card position at the moment. So... Every bit of points matters, and especially with the fact that you're not comfortably in a playoff position just yet. You may be like six, seven points ahead of the Flames right now, um, but you got to win these games. And we'll get to the next game that is less than stellar, um, but... uh, Just go right into it, man. What are we waiting for? Sounds good, because uh, the next game was such a Jack Campbell night. Uh, and I was not able to watch this game because, well, I was, but kind of not really. Uh, I watched it on my phone while we were, uh, celebrating, uh, was it medium Jay's birthday? <laughs> yes. Medium Jay's birthday. Uh, while I was celebrating, uh, medium Jay's birthday and he actually had, uh, he actually had the leaf game on. So I had to unfortunately watch that, but they got, uh, spanked by the Canucks. So is that when Ryan O'Reilly broke his hand too? Um, I know that John Tavares got absolutely laid out like twice. And like Corey was, Perry laid out, like knee to the head laid out. Like, yeah, like full blown. Like he got smoked by Tyler Myers in the first like five minutes of the game. And it was very troubling to see. <laughs> so, I love when the Leafs get bullied, man. <laughs> I don't want bad karma. <laughs> no, I just, I like it. It's kind of funny at times. It's funny when the least. Yeah. Get, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. By the way. Uh, uh. John Tavares is also under a point per game in the season. He makes eleven million dollars. But anyways, who's who's to say, right? Uh. But <clears throat> tonight was such a. Like, what do you mean? Who's to say that? That's objective fact. <laughs> this <laughs> is. This was such a Jack Campbell kind of night, though, because uh, Oilers are on a roll. So might as well throw Jack Campbell in for a game because fuck, why not, right? Like, these guys have played really well. Surely they won't lose a game 7-5 to the Jets. Well, 
Leon Dreisaitl says, hell yeah, brother, we won't lose to those two-tone blue idiots and gives Hellebuck PTSD, scoring another power play goal. Boosh Daddy and Hyman get the assist, 1-0 Oilers, and we are off to a great start. Then, unfortunately, Gamer Mark puts his Nike hat on the shelf so he can score his 36th of the season to make it 1-1. It's Mark Shifley. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Josh Horacy then makes it 2-1 Jets going into the first intermission. Matias... Two, two, two yen. I'm so confused by this, Miles. Because there's two Matthias's. Oh, Matthias so two. Oh, but so he is Matthias two. Matthias one is at home. Matthias two is is Yamark. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, Matthias two. Yamark also looks like how he plays. Scores a shorty <laughs> from Nuge three minutes into the second, and it's two two. Dreisaitl would then score an unassisted marker for his 40th of the year to give the Oilers a three two lead. And this is where Jack Campbell does his best usher tiny desk impression and says, watch this, what this, and allows four goals in the period. Dry would score a power play goal in the middle of the frenzy, but either way, we are, we are going into the third down 6-4. By the way, kind of a kind of a, 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 a touch that wasn't mentioned, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, hat trick in oh, Winnipeg. Cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but uh, luckily, there's a little bit of help. In the fact that new, newly acquired Edmonton Oiler Nick Bugstad, welcome to Edmonton, Nick, you hot bitch. And hey, happy 600th game in the National. We're happy to have you. Boosh and Devin Shore are his new friends getting the assists on this goal scored by Mr. Uh, Bick Nugstad. Uh, 6'5 Jets. That's such a bad name. I know. Poor guy. Bick Nugstad. <laughs> Oiler. <Daddy> Bick. <laughs> Oilers ultimately fall short, and Dylan DeMello scores the empty net goal to make it 7-5 Jets final. Boo! Jets outshot the Oilers 39-35 in this one, and the Oilers went 2-for-3 on the power play and 2-for-3 on the penalty kill. Uh, Jack Campbell finished with 6 goals allowed on 38 shots. Cool. He did have 20 shots in the second period alone, so maybe we should relax. I don't know. Um... I would disagree with that. I I firm I, I and I I hate to continuously do this because I feel like this is the third the third episode in a row where I've done this miles, but um this fall this game falls on Jack Campbell's shoulders. Um there Such were Such a blame the goalie kind of guy. I'm I I don't mean to. I'm not typically a blame the goalie kind of guy. It's more oh, I wish I could run the tape. Oh god, I wish I had a high, I wish I'm I could not. run the tape. For three years, you've been blaming goaltending. Oh my God, no! I ha- yeah, because we've been we've been blessed with Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, and <laughs> fucking Jack Campbell. What are we talking about here? <laughs> oh, don't blame the goalie. I don't know. Why don't we get a goalie with a what's the opposite of pro or sub pro? Would it be pro? Uh, nine hundred save percentage. We do, and his name is Stuart Skinner. Yes, I understand. Just don't don't, lo- don't look me in the whites of the eyes and lie to me and say I'm not the kind of guy who likes to blame the goalie. I don't. Li- I don't love it. I don't like blaming the goalie. Thank you very much. You but wake no. up extra early but, but to be a the, goalie hater. Here, yeah, I, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. to say time to blame some goalies while I drink <laughs> my coffee. No, like I straight up was checking in on this game. And every time there was a goal scored, I showed everybody in that room that was watching the Leaf game, and I was like, look at this fucking goal by Jack Campbell allowed. Dude, Jay, your new friend is keeps showing us Oilers highlights. Who is this guy? <laughs> look at this. <laughs> hey, Jay's 
third string friend who I've never met's girlfriend. Hey, watch this video of Jack Campbell getting beat high glove. That's just what my, I figured. My, my hair's pushed up by four <laughs> forehead veins coming out. <laughs> Isn't this insane? She's like, I've never watched hockey before. I don't know what any of this means. Look at it. I'm just hoping to go to a really nice tequila bar downtown. <gasps> Fucking Jack. <laughs> my shife was a pussy. Did you have fun, babe? Hanging out with Jay's friends? Oh yeah, they were great. But that guy, he's a little intense. Oh man, that was a rough night for me. <laughs> Not only because of Jack Campbell, but because of other stuff. Um, drank your face off. Oh, a couple of drinks, ran. <laughs> couple of drinks, pulled behind you. Miles, do you want to take the good game? Yeah, man. Thank you for teeing me up for that. <laughs> um, so the last game was called such a Jack Campbell kind of game. This one's called Stuart Skinner can do whatever he wants to me. 3-2 win at the Buffalo Sabres, March 6th. That was a Monday. Gotta love a Gene Principe fixation of this caliber. Absolutely losing his mind that Stuart Skinner from Edmonton is playing against Jeff Skinner from Toronto. Pretty insane. Probably <laughs> worth mentioning it 14 times during the broadcast that two guys with the same last name we're playing against each other i love gene but this this one was hard to listen to it's not even like they're cousins it's there's no connection it's just like imagine two smiths playing against each other in the nfl like wow god forbid he scores on them hey oh god yeah great oh that's what the bit people in the biz call foreshadowing uh things also worth mentioning 15 times that connor mcdavid is on another planet level good at hockey at this point it isn't even another planet this dude is full-on different galaxy like he's on some futurama shit connor mcdavid ruler of omicron Perseid, scores his 53rd from Ryan McLeod and Cody CC to give the Oilers the one nothing lead. That's a little shout out to all the Futurama fans. A little Futurama, little Futurama stands out there. If anybody, if anybody's listening, um, so yeah, one nothing Oilers. That's pretty cool. Jeff Skinner, the uh, other Skinner, scores his twenty seventh of the year, having a nice little resurge here on this Sabres team. On the power play, scores from Tage T and evens things up at one. Yes, sir. Can I just quickly say it is really cool that Jeff Skinner is back to being good at hockey again. It's I just, cool. I just, I, I just really appreciate it. I, I was, um, for some reason, I just stumbled upon his Instagram account today, and I was like, man, this is the youngest looking thirty year old I've ever seen in my life. Like, because well, they're they're pumping him with this like between two stalls. It's thing pretty funny. Have you watched it? <laughs> it's weird. Man. It's it, it's weird, and, but it's pretty funny. Well, that's how you know he's doing it well is because it's weird. Like it's yeah. uncomfortable. It's what yeah. between two ferns was supposed like kind of like how that was yeah. with Galfinakis, right? Like, yeah, I think he does a pretty good job of it. He's just, he's cooked though. Like, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. He's just kind of, he's just kind of like, and apparently he's just like a total shit heel in the locker room, which is sick. Like, I think that I just, I, I just, I'm really, really, really happy to see that Jeff Skinner is thriving again because it was really bleak there under the, under the rule of Ralph Kruger. And him playing like five minutes a game and no power play time. And it's like, this guy makes $9 million and you're not even using him at what he's good at. So what are you doing here? Um, so it's just really cool to see that Jeff Skinner's doing well again. Yeah, he's having fun playing. Back to gigolo. regular scheduled programming. Love to see it. Second period was a goaltending clinic as Stu stopped 13 shots. And well, Craig wasn't as busy. He stopped five of six because the Carhartt King. 
Derek Ryan scores his 11th of the year from Nurse and Shore to give the Oilers a 2-1 lead heading into the second intermission. Derek Ryan heads into the locker room. He's sore after working for Suncor, no free ads, for the last 20 years. He's been putting his body on the line day after day, making a living with his hands. The doctors offer him a painkiller, and he says, get that fucking shit away from me, doc. And he pulls out a bottle of Royal Reserve Canadian whiskey, takes a shot, nature's painkiller. Then he sniffs, cracks his neck, takes one more for good measure. He's the type of dude to fall asleep with the remote in his hand while watching Gold Rush. Such a Derek Ryan shooting whiskey and playing cards kind of night. So, yeah, the third period gets underway, and uh, Dylan Cousins scores the equalizer 41 seconds into the third, and we are all even at two. Connor McDavid, who I will remind you is quite skilled at hockey, scores the GWG game-winning goal at 3 minutes and 23 seconds into the third period to seal this one for the Oilers as Fogel and Ekholm get the assists. Stu shuts the door the rest of the period, stopping the next 10 shots, and it is a 3-2 Oilers dubby. Stu stopped 37 of 39 Sabre shots. Craig Anderson faced 37 shots from the Oilers. Oilers went 0 for 1 on the power play and 1 for 2 on the penalty kill. Major Stu W tonight. Big Stuart Skinner game. He looked awesome, made timely saves. Um, Really, I think, gave the Oilers a chance to win on the road in this one. And I'm glad that the boys were able to respond off the back of a Connor McDavid two-goal performance. I mean, it makes it a little bit easier to to get those wins. But... um, Still got to roll four lines and still got to get the win, and they managed to do that. So big two points and two points on the road nonetheless. That Derek Ryan shift, um, I saw a tweet about this during the game. That might have been the greatest shift I've seen from an Oilers fourth line. <laughs> like, yeah, no that joke. Was a, yeah, that was a buzzsaw. <laughs> they were shift. flying around. The puck was being snapped around from these guys, and it was just a hard work and goal. Um, it was just everything you wanted out of a chippy fourth line. So that was really awesome to see. And I, I, I think it's safe to say miles that going forward, Stuart Skinner is the undisputed number one goaltender in Edmonton. Yeah. I don't want to hear any shit. Yeah. I don't think um, anybody's even saying shit. We're out here like haters are waiting on my downfall, bro. Like we're out here talking. Like there's people that are like standing from the rooftop saying that, that, uh, Campbell is the starting goalie. I, I don't think there is. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty it's pretty obvious right now. I I understand that there was some, there was a little bit of uh, um, a, a little bit of reservation maybe a couple months ago when when Campbell was on his like eight game winning streak or however long ago that was. Um, but no, it is undisputed going into game one of the playoffs. I want Stuart Skinner in the net because goddamn, this kid has straight up ice in his veins. Like he's he's pulling back after the three hitting him with one of these, hitting him with the injection to the arm, ice in his veins, the pulling the uh, D'Angelo Russell move. Bro, these haters are waiting for my downfall, bro. They want to see me fail, bro. I'm moving silence, bro. I'm a G. I'm moving silence. Who's laughing now? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Dash that's, Stuart that's, Skinner. That's no, that's Jack Campbell, man. He's just he's and I what I'm what I'm referencing is a TikTok that is definitely not viral because I was like the thirty seven hundredth like on it. Um but it's Wow, it's this, Miles, that's so cool. Thank you. My algorithm is a is a death sentence. But um the caption was like that guy in your hometown that thinks he has haters. 
And that's just <laughs> that's just what I feel like uh, Campbell is at this point. He's the guy who thinks he has haters. Except he's just got his cats, and his cats are just giving him are just giving him company. Yeah, he's got his cats, and he's got $5 million checks rolling in every year. But, I mean, who cares? Who's counting? It is what it is. God, this summer's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> this um, summer's going to hurt like a run. Well, good game. Very happy with the win. Buffalo's 3-1. Three one and Buffalo's a good team, man. Like I don't care what anyone says. Like that, like that, that is a really good team, and I, I would like to see them go. I maybe not really good, but I would like to see them go to the playoffs. Like that's just a fun ass team, and Tage Thompson rules. It's just yeah, they, they're having a lot of fun in that that locker room, man. We've talked about Buffalo, I think, at length here on the show, and got a soft spot for the Sabards. Yeah, absolutely. They suck for so long, and then they they trade their they trade their big captain and. Lo and behold, they weirdly become better from it, and I think that that's pretty admirable. But uh, we got a big week, two really big opponents this week. Uh, big. Assuming we don't record, or uh, assuming we record on Sunday, which we were going to try and do, but uh, unfortunately, we have to. We have unfor- to record on unfor- Sunday. Unfor- unfortunately, the liquor got the best of me, Ran. Um, the Boston Bruins on. Thursday, March the 9th, which is tomorrow, and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, March 11th, a very big hockey night in Canada game. Like, this is a a huge game. And I I mean, if these guys want to put a mark on this season, like, this, these can be two absolutely season-defining wins if they can pull these off. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make. T- I'm gonna make two proclamations today. Oh God! I'm gonna say two and zero, oh, and Connor hits sixty in Toronto. Yeah, I, I don't think. That, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got. He's got fifty four goals, so he's got to score six goals over two games. Okay, that's a, that's a little bit of a big proclamation. I'm gonna I say. Think... I'm gonna say two against Boston, and he scores four against Toronto. Good lord. <laughs> because petty bitch Connor McDavid <laughs> wants to make a statement. You guys thought that that mustache twirling motherfucker was better than me? <laughs> oh, buddy. That guy who's, who's showing his gotch to chicks in parking lots in Arizona? <laughs> better than me? Are you kidding? That guy who had Coke residue on his table and then posted a picture for an advertisement on Instagram. Allegedly. Allegedly, in my opinion. (laughs) In my opinion, allegedly. (laughs) Um, The guy who spends his whole paycheck on dunks. You think he's better than me? And listens. I got an Adidas deal. And listens to Gunna. Gunna is sick. I think he might have snitched though, so maybe we maybe we don't like Gunna. As Dude, much. I watched a I watched the I watched part of the the uh, Playboy Cardi Rolling Loud performance today, and it was really weird. And I'm like, that looks like hell. I don't think I would ever want to be there. You are, and as, as am I, Nolan. We are unfortunately too old to appreciate Playboy Cardi. I can appreciate Playboy Cardi, but I cannot appreciate being at a Playboy Cardi show where it's just it. It just looks very um, uh, uneasy, if that if that makes sense. It's basically uh, these like tremolo picked uh, uh, 
tremolo picked guitars and playboy uh, with like 808 drums in the background and playboy cardi screaming into a microphone yeah that is no i can appreciate i can appreciate playboy cardi immediately just rips apart all of the artistry no it's the no it's the live performance of it all is just like it just sounds his art it sounds better in a studio my guy because you can actually separate (laughs) these things and produce them properly whereas on a live stage it sounds kind of like shit no sounds like shit but it's part of it's the performance dog and that's what you don't understand because you're an old head we're old no i don't appreciate the artistry because we're old men we have mortgages (sighs) we have debts we have very little things to look forward to. And, you know, that's why we find solace in gambling. Young, young people, young people listen to Napalm Death. Uh oh, it's time for an ad read. Uh, <laughs> do you like that segue? I don't know what Napalm Death is because I'm an old man, Nolan. I set you up for a rim hanging dunk. Yeah. And I, I, go, go, what, go. What, I, what I, what I, what I did was twirl it through my legs and then go down for the dunk. If uh, you know, if you know what, what, what is the band? Uh, Napalm Death. They're, 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 they're not an old band. They're, or sorry, they're not a new band. They're an older oh. band. They're from like the 80s and the 90s. They're, I think I have a fever. They're, they're very heavy. <laughs> Uh oh, it's time for an ad read. This episode of One for One is brought to you in part by our friends at BetStamp. The trade deadline is finally over, and we can take five and a smoke break before a balls to the wall race to the regular season finish line. Now that the teams have been set, thinking about maybe placing a couple bucks on some cup futures, maybe a couple of trophy winners. How about pouring bleach into your eyes and watching a couple basement dwellers like Anaheim and Chicago refusing to cover the over? Well, don't lay any juice or don't lay down any juice without any help from our friends at BetStamp. BetStamp a- aggregates all the odds around sport, of, uh, for sports books around Canada, ensuring you get the ultimate bang for your book. You can line shop with all the big sports books, track your bets with their verified tracking system, and even follow winning bettors who use their platform to find those smart, uh, intuitive picks. Hell, you can even find Miles and I as well as friends of the show on their easy-to-use, socially integrated app. Tomorrow night is a huge game against the Bruins, and after a close tilt last time at Edmonton, how about laying a couple bucks down on the money line? You can get the Oilers on the money line at plus 165 with North Star Bets and Bet365, whereas some books have the line as low as plus 140. And I found that using BetStamp. So download the free BetStamp app and use our promo code one for one. that's O-N-E-F-O-R-O-N-E, to let them know we sent you. Thank you to BetStamp for sponsoring the show, and please play responsibly. Good stuff. Yeah, great, great, great stuff. Play speaking of great, speaking of great stuff, Nolan. <sighs> Oilers, Edmonton, comma, the hockey club made a move on last Friday, trade deadline day, March third, where Sleepy Ken awoke from his slumber and acquired center slash winger Nick Bugstad at a fifty percent retained cap hit, as well as defenseman. Cam dining dumpsters dives drives and dine-ins from the Arizona Coyotes for a third round pick as well as defenseman Michael Kesselring. The six foot six, two hundred and nine pound right shot center is in the midst of a resurgence of sort with thirteen goals and twenty three points in fifty nine games for the Desert Dogs, playing a middle six minutes on a horrible, horrible, horrible Yodis team. Uh, he's brought in to help on the penalty kill and provide a little punch to the bottom six. He's not really a hitter. He isn't overly physical, but he clogs up space and has a little bit of scoring touch. 
Nolan, I'll let you take it over from here since you're so emphatic about this guy that went back the other way. Yeah, losing Michael Kessering kind of sucks because um, this guy was like a long-term project by the team. Uh, it was a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound, twenty three year old right handed defenseman, um, and was drafted by the Shirelli regime in twenty eighteen. And he was finally getting some real minutes in Bakersfield. Uh, he found a scoring touch with thirteen goals in forty nine games in the AHL this season as a defenseman, which is pretty damn good. It seemed like every other day he was scoring a goal for uh, uh, for the uh, Condors. Um, and this kid even got his first NHL game after after the trade was over. He played sixteen minutes for the Coyotes, but I think that says more about the stinky Coyotes than it does about Michael Kesselring. Um, whereas the the prospect they got back is Cam Deneen, who is two years older, left-handed defenseman, 5'11", 190 pounds, but has a way more developed offensive game, 35 points in 50 AHL games. And last season, he even played 34 NHL games, uh, notching seven assists, but he also went minus 16. Um, I, I think with, with Kesselring, it's more of the potential is still there. I think that he's still kind of scratching the surface. Whatever he turns into, I'm not expecting him to turn into like a top pairing defenseman or anything like that. But I think when we look at the future of this team with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, both going to need new extensions coming up fairly soon. Um, and, you know, some of these other young guys that are going to be getting paid pretty shortly, like Evan Bouchard, you want to try and find cost effective bottom end guys and I think that this is somebody that could easily be ready for an NHL stint as early as maybe I don't know a year or two from now so it's a little disappointing but at the end of the day this team got better now and that's the most important aspect of it is that they got a really really useful player for their metal six and has seemed to kind of already acclimate himself to this team quite well he I, I I say he's not overly physical and clogs up space. I don't want to totally compare him to Yesipuliarvi, but it's 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 kind of similar to that. Whereas he he doesn't have the like refined offensive game, but he clogs up space. He's a big 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 boy, um, and I think he can get in those smart areas. And I I think his hockey sense is pretty good. Um, he's not going to blow you away with anything, you know, with, with, with any of his physical traits whatsoever, but it's more of like, this guy is six foot six. He's a smart hockey player. He plays hard and that's really all you can ask for. And I, I think that, I think that this is going to be a pretty important piece going forward. I just didn't want him to be like a Derek Brassard where they trade a fourth round pick for him and he plays like one game in the playoffs. So good deal. I like to see it. No, it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. I'm, and I'm not calling you into question here because I did see your tweet from from the one for one account. Um, but I, I just can't understand the Oilers fans that are belly aching about getting rid of Kesselring, like yeah. complaining about making this move because you're you're sitting there beating the drum uh, on Twitter.com, like Ken Holland make a trade, Ken Holland make a trade, yeah. Ken Holland makes a trade, and they're like, why did you give up Kesselring? Well, here's the thing, Nolan. He's six five, twenty three years old. What's Vinny DeHarnay? Six seven, right around that same age. Uh, no, Vinny DeHarnay is twenty six. They're, they're so they're also they're also quite different players. But at the same time, man, yeah. like no, I get it. Ha- yeah. The moral of the story is you have to make a move. That's a piece that gets you something back. They kept 50% of Bukestad's contract of his cap mm-hmm. hit. That's huge for, for the Edmonton Oilers team. So like that's going to be getting Evander Kane back right away. And he's, they're going to have his money that they've got to deal with. Right. So um, 
retaining that something I have to go back. So, you know what? And again, I'm not calling you into question, but for any Oilers fans that were, you know, complaining about getting rid of this D prospect, push came to shove and they got rid of somebody and it had to happen. And you can't, can't be upset about it. You got to let that roll. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I I wouldn't say I was even really upset. It was more so just kind of like ah shit, you know, like you know, like it would have been nice to hold. It would have been nice to hold on to that prospect. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm I because Ken Holland is doing exactly what I wanted him to do, which was you have to go for it now and you have to get pieces to come out. And from, I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that Nick Bugstad could be around for more than one year with this team. Um, from his uh from his player availability that he had right after the trade was over it was one of the teams that he was looking at that he was really excited about he's a guy from minnesota so he's used to the cold climate playing in a hockey market um and and it was it it seemed like it was really exciting for him so he also said that one of his happiest memories of being a kid was going to west ed hell yeah dude so here it is chalk another one up chalk chalk another edmonton dub up on on the on the screen there because this guy loves the city we or absolutely loved when he was a kid either way. We absolutely love to see somebody with Edmonton ties thriving. It's, it's great to see. Unless you're Chris Pronger, then we, then we don't like to see you thrive, Chris. Speaking of Edmonton ties, <laughs> there's a general manager named Ken Holland who wears a tie. Nolan, what grade would you give Ken Holland on his deadline this year? Give me the grade and then we'll justify after. But give me the, give me the give me the grade 6 numerical or alphabetical grade. So you want to go alphabetical? You're, you're telling me that you do, that you do not want to go by colors. You don't want to go by like a nice a nice aquamarine or like a magenta. Or no, a... sir, this is America. <laughs> so you want my so you want my GPA? Uh, I'll go. Okay, so we'll go letter grade. I'll give Ken Holland a B. Um, I'm I'm gonna give him an A. You're gonna give him an A. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give him an A for all right. Okay, I'm gonna give him a B for Bravo. Okay, I like that. I like yeah. that. I feel like we're not too 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 far apart. Because obviously, like with the teasing that we got for potential returns or guys that the Oilers were talking about, um, and what was out there and what they went for, which we're gonna get to, whatever. Uh and an A plus would have been Carlson. I think that's the only way he was getting an A plus was if he was getting that return and not giving up the entire farm to to get that. Um Pooley trade. Eckholm and Bukestad were the three like moves that he made. And yeah, yeah I, I think that they were all team improvement moves um, with, you know, I'm going to say the medium term in mind. I'm not going to say long term. I'm not going to say short term. I'm going to say medium term in mind, which I do quite like. Um, like we said about Eckholm, he's got some years left on his contract. That's, ex- that's exceptional. And then it looks like he's fitting in really well. We're not too, too worried about that age. And Bugstad, he likes it. He could certainly be an oiler moving forward. Like you said, medium-term acquisitions, good players defensively with some offensive punch, perfect for what this team needs. Uh, in my opinion, I think that it's made the team significantly better. A for Ken. I give him a B, and to be honest, I think that Ken Holland could absolutely get an A plus w- without getting Eric Carlson. And the reason being is, I just wanted this guy to add another forward and a defenseman. Now, with that being said, the forward situation I'm I'm actually kind of okay with because if in fact we do see somebody like Warren Fogle and Kyler Yamamoto step up, which early returns are. They're playing pretty well, but knock on all the wood you can find that these guys actually hold up and they carry this on into the playoffs. The The big one that I did want, though, is 
looking at the right side. Toronto obviously made the acquisitions that they did, and I think that they may have gotten a little too high on their own supply, whereas like they acquired a lot of number six to eight defensemen, which is fine. And I think, but I think that Edmonton should have done a little bit of that. I think that adding another either everyday defenseman or another piece would have been extremely beneficial to this group because going into the playoffs, I'm not totally sure how I feel about playing either Philip Broberg or Vincent DeHarnay every game in the playoffs because at the end of the day, like that, that's what's going to end up happening on your bottom pairing. And Obviously, we know that those, that those top two pairings are going to get loaded with minutes, but you have to remember, Evan Bouchard is also going to get really difficult matchups in the playoffs. So adding another veteran defenseman that you could maybe rely on that can play both bottom of the lineup and also play those middle pairing minutes in a pinch if needed would be really beneficial to this group. And that's why I was a little, I was excited because... When I got a little bit closer to the deadline, uh, Ken Holland's press availability, which was going to be about an hour before the actual deadline, got pushed back. And this was in correlation with the news that Florida was willing to listen to offers on Radko Gudis. And that is the type of player that I would have loved the Oilers to get. Um, because with with Gudis, you can plug him anywhere in the lineup and you won't have to worry about having to play guys like DeHarnay and Broberg um, every day going forward for the rest of the season now I mean, hey hold on there for yeah, a second fella yeah. say, say what you will about the Broberg situation but um I think that this team has been kind of using the past two months as a trial for him and have been pretty happy with how he's played and I think that that's what factored into Ken Holland's decision about going for a defenseman they they like I said use these past couple of months as an audition like hey what can this kid handle it? If we're throwing shit at him, is he going to be, is he going to sink or is he going to swim? And then they were going to have to address that situation based on how he played. I've been pretty happy with how uh, Broberg's played over the last few months since they've kind of thrusted him into a little bit more of a role. And I mean, playing Kulak on your third pairing with him, I I think gives them, and I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think that it makes that um, whole as, big as it was as noticeable as it was I think he's capable of, of playing that role in the playoffs and I think that that's why Ken Holland didn't do anything he seems satisfied with what his guys are doing now I will say the Kulak de Harnay pairing that played against Buffalo looked pretty good so I'm I could very well be wrong on this and and I could be eating a massive L but my yeah my my my, my two big ones that I really wanted is I I would have loved to see them get somebody like Radko Gudis um and then the other one was uh I didn't even write it in the notes because it, it just pains me too much to talk about it but I really wanted Jacob Brana for this team because Yeah, you were beating that drum went, pretty hard for a while. He went for he went for effectively nothing and I just really wanted to see him playing next to Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. Uh, a guy that efficiently scores as well as he does would have been really nice to get into this group. I think that that's a really good segue to move into some of the other points that we have here because yeah, like there were some, there were some pieces that went late and went late for nothing. Um, Like really interesting returns, big, like more return than you think a guy was worth versus uh, you know, small returns, a lot less than what you think a guy was going to get. So excited to kind of talk about those. Nolan, you wanted to mention that on 32 Thoughts during Hockey Night in Canada, the Oilers reportedly put in an offer sheet 
uh, or an offer, sorry, on Sharks forward Kimo Meyer, who eventually went to the New Jersey Devils. The Oilers were hoping to get him for the playoff run and figuring out the rest, uh, figuring out the rest after the season. Also, most upsiders insiders are speculating that Eric Carlson <laughs> in spiders that, in spiders that Eric Carlson to Edmonton is still very much alive and would most likely come at the draft. Interesting. Yeah, because this team is still very, very, very horny for King Eric Carlson. And horny is the absolutely correct term because I don't know. Did you see him chuck his helmet last night? God, he uh, you know what, man? It's it, it's going to have to be the right. Now that they have what they have and what they have, like having Ekholm for as long as they're going to have him, um, and Darnell Nurse's contract and a few of the other, like and Bush having to get paid soon too, as much as I want Carlson, and I know that I'm going to sound like a classic Oilers fan, like, well, you have to take the shot when you can get it. As long as they can make it work financially, it's cool. It's all all good vibes, dog. But My, sorry, go on. No, that that's it. It's got to oh. be. It's got to be cool. It's got to be good vibes because if they cripple to get Eric Carlson, and this was a one off year, which I don't think it was. Like that would really suck, but then at least they did something. At least they put it out there. I don't know. I'm very conflicted. Only God and Eric Carlson know what's going to happen. Imagine a top pairing of of Matthias Ekholm and Eric Carlson. It'd be so Swedish. (laughs) It'd be so Swedish. It'd be so cool too. I like. I like thinking about Edmonton getting all the the good hot Swedes and Calgary being like, "Hey, that used to be our thing." And then we and then we cuck them for Michael Backlund for like our fourth line role. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Hell yeah. Um. But what I want, what I was really excited though about this was that the fact that they were in on Timo Meyer, and that's 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 really great news to hear. Um, you've you've heard me complain about this team being very uh back ass or ass backwards thinking uh, about the types of players that they should acquire and the idea that they were looking at a star bell of the ball player and just kind of being like fuck it we'll see what we can do after the season let's just get a really talented hockey player in our doors is really 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 encouraging and i think that this uh might have something to do with the brad holland effect rather than the ken holland effect you're simping for Brad, and we're all simping for Brad. Cause, goddamn man, he's he's doing some he's doing some good work. Yeah, I'm we like we happy. like what he's doing. He's a good mind to have in there. So we're happy that you know, if if it's a soul for a soul, if Ken has to get super sleepy for us to get Brad, I mean, whatever, we got him. So here we are, a little nepo baby. Don't hate it. I'm okay with it as long as he's making good moves. Um, speaking so- of good moves. Yeah, we kind of covered this already, but it was more so just like overall, overall, I just wanted to just do like a quick little vibe check on how, what you think of the new guys. Matthias Sexholm. And, and Nick Bajugstad. Nick the Be- Dude Stad. Oh, there you go. Nick the, the, the Dude Stash. Yeah, we like when it. He, when he grows a mustache. Playoff muzzies. Yeah. Oh, Take this, Poppy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, 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 I can't say I've noticed too much of Nick Bugstad. Obviously in the last game against Buffalo, he went 10 and 0 in the draw, which is pretty sick Good for <laughs> Nick Bugstad. But Matthias Ekholm, I mean, I think we speak for most Oilers fans when we genuinely say that he's been like a goddamn revelation. What he's done to Evan Bouchard's game already is outrageous. Evan Bouchard looks like a completely different defenseman right now. And it's really, really cool to see. 
and father figure. I mean, are we crossing the line by saying this is the best defenseman the Oilers have acquired since Chris, since Chris Pronger? Hmm. Depends on what you think of Oscar Clefbaum in his prime. Depends on what you think about what Adam Larson was when they made the trade as well. Oh, I would. I'm taking or I'm taking Eichholm over Larson any day of the Man, week. But don't you remember? I remember vividly you sending me player cards that was comparing him to like good Drew Doughty. That was that was Oscar Clefbaum. I remember. No, sen- I, I remember sending you those. It was Oscar Clefbaum. I okay. Well, agree to disagree because I remember <laughs> seeing a Devils logo on them. But regardless, there there's been some like he was no slouch either. No, I'm not saying I. I th- I thought I was pissed off when Adam Larson left, but oh yeah, we, certainly. I'm but, just saying, yeah. yeah. Ekholm, great addition. Oilers have had some great defensive additions over our tenure as fans, and here's hoping that Ekholm sticks around and is a longer lasting addition than some of those other guys. Also, his beard Pierce? is just his. Yeah, that's fair. Also, his beard. Yeah, he's a yeah. Viking warlord. We love Matthias Eckholm, and uh, we only wish for the best for him going would forward. You, would, you, would you go as far as saying that he is a king? Oh, I would absolutely say he is a king, uh, but he is not a king on the Los Angeles Kings because they got better and did their franchise goalie a little dirty. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that, Miles? Do you think that they did their franchise goalie dirty? No. Oh, really? No. I'm actually surprised by that. I'm surprised you have that take. Yeah. Well, okay. let, let, let's let's roll discuss the, the roll yeah, okay. tape. Uh the Los Angeles Kings acquired defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov and uh goaltender Eunice Corpusalo from the Columbus Blue Jackets for franchise icon goaltender Jonathan Quick, a conditional 2023 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick. Um, this is a tough cock to suck for Quick, who finishes his Kings career as the all-time leader in games played, wins, losses, shutouts, and was only four wins away from tying Legend of the Game, an all-around bad guy, second place John Van Beesbrook for all-time wins by an American goaltender, and he was only 21 away from tying Ryan Miller. Um Columbus would then flip quick to the Vegas Golden Knights at 50% retained for goaltender Michael Hutchinson and a seventh round pick. The, gold, the Golden Knights now get a two-time cup champion who's having a miserable season uh, with 11-13-4 record, a 3.50 goals against average, and an 8.76 save percentage to add to their stitched-together nightmare fuel goaltending room. And I don't mean nightmare fuel in a good way. I mean it in an absolutely bad way. Oof, yeah, poor poor Vegas. The injury bug is embedded into that oh, locker room. Poor Vegas. Here's poor my Vegas. tiny violin. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel with Jonathan Quick. Oh, poor Jonathan Quick. Here's my tiny little violin. So he's four wins away from tying JVB. He's 21 away from tying Ryan Miller. They didn't put him on a team where he's going to be a backup. They put him on teams that he's going to play. He still has a shot to go for those records. Right. So they haven't they haven't taken that away from him. Uh, He won two cups for them in the early 2000s, mid 2010s, whatever. However, you break up a decade. I don't know. I don't care. Um, But look at his numbers. Right. That you just said. He's been bad. He's He's been been very bad. (laughs) And the Kings are still second, third place in the division. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, they're a pretty good hockey team and they got significantly better getting Gabrikov and Corpusalo. So. 
I mean, it's been thought of for like three seasons that Quick was going to be gone or retire or his guys have all been saying that he's declining. Man's an athlete. Man's a professional. He had to know that this was coming. I don't think they did anything dirty by doing this. Um, and at the end of the day, he got ended up going to Vegas. Better team. Um, still got a chance to break those records. He's going to be playing meaningful hockey down the stretch here for them. I Can't think be mad. I don't know if did you by chance though hear about the whole process behind it? And I think that's kind of where I find it a little bit like shysty on their part. I saw a lot of pictures of like the flurry stick th- or um, sword through the back. So I'm assuming it was kind of adjacent to that. They so basically like they traded him obviously that night. I believe it was the Wednesday night or something like that. And he found out getting onto the team bus. Like they are, I think they were on the team bus and they pulled them off and they're like, Hey, Jonathan, like we are going to trade you to Columbus so that we can get these two pieces in. And he went back on the bus and apparently fucking lost his mind. Like he was pissed off, which at the end of the day, I agree with you to a point that like he's been bad. They have to get better. But I feel like as an organization, with some of your franchise icons. And I think actually where they did him most dirty was in the like, thanks Jonathan. Cause like they put up a statue for Dustin Brown and then they legit like just shared a thanks a lot, Jonathan. <laughs> for- yeah. With two cops, like <laughs> yeah. copy and paste it on it. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is pretty tough. And I think the, like the, the telling sign of just how much this shook up the locker room was like, Anze Kopitar, obviously, this is a well-known thing now, but, like, Anze Kopitar scored four goals and was, like, the most miserable man on the ice because they traded, like, one of his best friends. And I understand that this that this game is unfortunately a business, and that is true. And in almost all circumstances, actually, in all circumstances, I would say you have to do what's best for your team going forward. But I think it is, you, we are able to say, like, fucking kind of a tough beat it's like kind of a tough thing to do but ultimately like they did the right thing um and you also have to think that you have to hope that quick knew that he was going to most likely go to vegas because this wasn't like a done deal this was like he was going to go to columbus and that was just going to be it but luckily they somehow turned it into him going to vegas now everybody's hoping for a Vegas Los Angeles round one series because holy smokes, would that ever be fun? And if you remember how he played against the Oilers in round one last year, that guy's when he he's a, we talked about McDavid being a petty bitch. Imagine how petty sir quick would be. Yeah. Oh my, God. I would like to see that. I would definitely like to see that. Um, anyways, beyond Mr. Quick, Let's Beyond Mr. Quick, let's talk about the hottest guy in the world for can a second I, here. Can I, can oh. I take this one, please? Oh. I need to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, God. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry, Miles. No, 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 you no, can, no, no. You, you, you go. You go. You go. You go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'm saying, so, oh, God, yes, because it's just Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Ryan Reynolds, who's pro- probably going to be involved with the ownership of the of the, of the Ottawa Senators, uh, always gets the chick, which is, Miles, this, this is really good. I, I have to give you credit. This is a really good headline. Thank you. Um, you. Jacob Chikrin, uh, defenseman Jacob Chikrin, uh, big, big fan, big fans here on One for One, uh, a guy we, we simped very hard for, uh, was traded to the Ottawa Senators for a conditional first-round pick in 2023, a conditional second in 2024, and a second-rounder in 2026. 
this is very far off of the pa- rumored package that the Arizona Coyotes have have been. It's been speculated that they wanted, and quite frankly, this whole situation is a fucking embarrassment for the Coyotes and the NHL as a whole. Let me explain why. Holding out for the best package, this situation has been going on for 18 months where they've been holding out for the best package. Oh, we're going to we're going to try and get the, the we're going to try and get the proper pieces moving forward that we can get. Only to settle for this mid-ass deal, like just getting three picks. And the only reason for this is because they don't want to take any salary back, which I hate to break it to you Arizona Almost every team in this league is cap strapped. So you're telling me that you probably turned down offers from all of these different teams where they were willing to send you back picks, prospects, and probably useful players that you could actually use on something going forward. And you can probably flip at next year's deadline or this year's deadline or whenever. And then this was followed up by acquiring acquiring the sarcophagus Yes, the sarcophagus of Jacob Voracek, just so these penny pinching dorks can get to the cup or can get to the cap floor. Man, I fucking hate this team. I absolutely despise the Arizona Coyotes. They are an embarrassment to the NHL. And the fact that Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, and the entire uh, overlord regime is is supremely okay with this is ridiculous to me. Because we are about to enter into an NHL draft lottery where we are about to find the the most hype prospect since Connor McDavid and who might even be the greatest prospect that guys have ever scouted is about to possibly be sent to a team where he's going to have to play in a 5,000-seat arena for an owner that doesn't want to take on any fucking salary. What for like are we doing with grand. Yeah, what are we doing with this team? Fucking move them. I'm so done with this team. I'm excited. Well, it's yeah, I, I, there is really nothing you can say at this point because are, are have they broken ground on a new arena in Glendale or wherever? No. No. Okay, no. so sick because that's the only like surviving chance that you have that this team gets moved if they start breaking ground on that arena then it's like signed sealed and delivered they're staying in in arizona but you've got to wonder how many lives they've got left bettman just entered the longest tenure as commissioner in any of the major four sports leagues so you know that he's getting close to the end he's got to be getting close to the end so once he's gone and that weird allegiance to the desert is gone as well you've got to think that the new new person coming in is going to say hey this franchise isn't viable and has fucked around for far too long what are we doing here starts an investigation and moves them out of out of the desert like you you certainly have to wonder how long they're going to be there for how much time is left on the clock for this uh, coyotes franchise i and like I would love to see hockey thrive in Arizona. I I truly would. I think that they probably have very passionate fans, and I I have no doubt in my mind that there's lots of Coyotes fans. But the issue is, is that this bag has been fumbled for years and years and years. And you know who I feel really bad for? Jacob Chikrit. He was held out of like, like 10 games for this? For fucking this? He also looks like he's aged 30 years. Exactly, because he's had to play on a dog shit squad that refuses to try and compete. 
because of what? So that their owner can, you know, not have to pay and, and there's no luxury tax. This is a hard cap league. So there's no money going to these other owners. There's like everybody's holding this team up. Like I, I just, I don't understand this. I do not understand how the league is so okay with this. And it's such a stain on the reputation of the league. Imagine going to Adam Silver. Imagine going to, who's the? uh, Goodell. Imagine going to Goodell or Rob Manfred and saying, yeah, one of our teams plays in a 5,000-seat arena. They'd laugh in your face. Yeah, they'd laugh. It's, it's It's like going to the... Uh, you know, it would be like going to the fucking, like the Cowboys and saying, oh yeah, we've got a team that plays in a 10,000 seat venue. They, or, or saying, oh yeah, they play at Taylor Field. Sorry for, sorry for the shots, Sask, but like, come on. Oh my God. That's a little bit of a stray, but I mean, whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah, stick, stick to what you got there. Green is the color football as the game. Well, no, like Mosaic is the class of of the of the league for a yeah. stadium, right? It, it's a nice yeah. stadium, so I, I wouldn't go that far. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm ranting. Anyway, shouts shouts out Mosaic, but regardless, they play in a college stadium, and Connor Bedard's gonna have to play 41 games of his rookie season there, which is horrendous, which is stupid. Um, cool. Yeah, no, that's great. Go go Yotes. Uh, yeah. And it also helps that um, media media darling for hockey, Paul Bizanet, is beating that drum too, talking about go Yotes, go Yotes, go Yotes. And you really sit down and think about what they've done as a franchise and how many rebuilds they've fucked up. It's, uh, I don't know if that's one that I would, uh, that I'd want to hitch my wagon to. Shout out to the fans that are loyal enough to stay, stay Yotes fans. Good for you. Um, let's talk about an original six team here for a little bit, Nolan. And we're going to talk about Brood Newsy. Tyler Bernuzzi, Bru- the Boston Bruatuzzi. There you go, Bruatuzzi, Bernuzzi, The Boston Bruins somehow acquire winger Tyler Bertuzzi at fifty percent retained from the Detroit Red Wings for a conditional twenty twenty four first round pick and a twenty twenty five fourth round pick. This is Don Sweeney continuing to add to his plethora of good hockey players. And since Nick Foligno and Taylor Hall, RIP Nolan's heart, were placed on LTIR, this became possible to add even more. Despite only scoring four times this year on Detroit, this is a proven 27-year-old scorer that is an absolute pain in the ass to play against. Talked about it with Garnet Hathaway, but he plays a very Bruin-style hockey. Old-time hockey with some offensive upside. Got missing jibs, long hair. He's everything all those mass holes want and then some. Yeah, just a, I mean, said it right there. Really good hockey player, and this is a, this is a slam dunk of a move. Yeah, um, and he's a pending UFA, so if things weren't to work out, then he let him walk as a free agent. But he's been really good, and uh, I think that uh, I think that going forward, we're gonna we're we're gonna see him score some huge playoff goals for the Bruins. So, um, really great stuff to see, um, Miles. The Penguins underwent sort of a semi sort of facelift on on the fly. You're not not even a facelift, Nolan. That was like it's like a they went to the mall. They were hungover. They sat down in a chair at Sephora and got a free makeup makeover in the chair. It's not permanent. Hell, it might get them through a day or two, but it ain't it ain't a long term solution. 
that's an astute analogy, my friend. Thank you. Every that's now and why, again, I have one. That's why you're here. Thank uh, you. The Penguins moved out Brock McGinn and Teddy Bluger uh, after sending out Kasperi Kapanen on waivers, who was picked up by St. Louis somehow. I have no idea how that was possible. Uh, only to add Michael Granlin from Nashville and Benino, Benino, Benino from San Jose. So bringing him back to the team where he won two Stanley Cups. Uh, Pittsburgh gets older and probably like a, a tad better, like a splash better. But what I don't get is why spend money and assets on Michael Granlin, who is like over 30 and is not very good and also makes like $5 million for, I think, three more seasons after this. Um, I think that, I mean, especially on that Granlin deal, I think that uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke got their absolute lunch money handed to them. Or, <laughs> Nerd! Yeah, like I think that David Poyle took them to the woodshed on that one. So, I don't know. I feel like this is what happens though with Pittsburgh is they, they make these like pretty big moves that everyone kind of goes, is that really worth it? And then ultimately these players end up being kind of good. And because it's Sid and Gino and they just somehow like the, the penguins culture just somehow just makes it okay. Um, so, I mean, we'll probably be having this discussion in like a month or two and like Michael Granlin has scored like 15 goals and, uh, Oh, the Penguins just bounced the Rangers in the first round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Sidney Crosby has a miraculous 140 points for the, to finish the season. So, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I just, it's just a very lateral move to me. I don't think that they really got any better or any worse, really. Um, I like the term lateral move. That's an astute word. Thank you, Miles. I like. I just like. I just like getting compliments from you. It makes me feel really good. Positivity for the boys. Couple guys. Couple um, guys. Couple guys talking trades. Speaking of trades, Miles. <laughs> talking about trades. Talking about sucrose levels. Dallas is getting domied. Getting domied. Fuck! I should have said Domi does Dallas. God Domi damn it. Dallas. That's even that's significantly better. The <laughs> Dallas Stars acquire forward Max Domi and former Oiler Oilers legend <laughs> Dylan Wells, goaltender from the Blackhawks, for a 2025 second round pick and the contract of Anton Hutobin. This felt inevitable when he signed the one-year contract that dumped Chicago, that he was going to be dumped from Chicago. But Dallas nabs themselves a nice middle six scorer that will provide a punch, a little snarl in the middle. Good depth, versatility for only a second. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I love. So we just bitched about uh, about uh, the Coyotes. I love the fire sale of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, it kind of rules. Anyone with a pulse. Gone. Yeah, you're you're gone. out. You you tried. Fuck you. Pack your shit and get yeah. gone. I Jonathan, do not want your shit. Yeah, Jonathan Taves just like is like I literally cannot play. So they're like, he, fine, you can stay. He's the meme of like Will Smith uh, alone in the house on Fresh Prince. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Everyone's gone. There's nothing left. It's just it, me now. Except Jonathan Taves probably also wants to leave. He's probably just kind of like I just literally can't play, guys. So just, I mean. Shouts out, out to Taves, by the way. We never we never actually covered that, but um, being out for the season, dealing with a lot of the health issues that he's dealing he's with. He's out so. again? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's just straight oh, up done for the season. That. That, that's why he was taken off the trade market is he... Uh, uh, yeah, he was unfortunately... Um, I don't exactly know what's going on, but I think that there might be something to have to do with like the long COVID that he suffered, the reason why he took that one season off. So... We all, we all wish the best for Taves because uh, he's a really good player and 
I mean, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, and it just sucks to see something like that. Hopefully he hopefully he recovers and he can come back to play really well. But yeah, yeah but I sh- mean, shouts out to the Stars for this move though. Like, yeah, for tax. sure. Yeah, big pickup for them. You got to be happy, big Stars guy. You got to be thrilled. You know, if there is one thing I would have liked to see Dallas do was add on the back end. I really, I mean, they would have been a really sneaky good Jacob Chikrin team. Didn't they get? They got a defenseman, didn't they? Or no, they got a, they traded a defenseman for Dadnov. No, they traded um, uh, the Russian uh, Gurianov. They uh, winger, winger for winger. Oh, winger yeah, for winger. Yeah. Chills. Yeah, yeah. No, they. Uh, but I, I, I really like that team. I do think that they they could have went a little bit more over the top on the back end. Um, I'm really happy that we got Matthias Ekholm because that would have also been a really good Matthias Ekholm spot. So thank goodness we don't have to worry about that. But I mean, yeah, they've, they've got like uh, up and down that roster, man. They are solid. There's the comeback of Jamie Ben. I don't know if you've paid attention to the numbers at all, but like Jamie Ben like might score like 30 goals already this season, which is kind of ah, crazy. Get off. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't like him here, but um, I mean, you've got, the 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 Robertson Hints Pavelski combo up top, um, uh, Tyler rope. Sagan, uh, like the team is really good. Miro Heiskanen is obviously still one of the one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and of course Jake Ottinger in net is, I mean, just tremendous. What what a talent! This team like has the makings of a team that could go on a very 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 long, very long playoff run. We will see. We will see. Stare at the orb. Ponder the orb. Trade deadline winners and losers, Nolan. Um, so do you want to do you want to pick like how many do you want to do each? One winner, one loser. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. You you pick you pick your winner. I think that the obvious answer is Boston. So I'm not going to take Boston. I am gonna say the Leafs. Fuck, you took my pick. Yeah, you were taking the Leafs too? No, actually. That's fair. I've, That's I've, fine. I've, That's I've, cute. I've, no, I've actually got a different team I'm going to pick. Okay. But yeah, I, I think the Leafs won the deadline. I think they made, um, like, Dubas was the definition of an accounting nerd and made <laughs> lots of moves for them to get better at, like, it was like, okay, he can't, he can't possibly do any more. And then he did. He can't possibly make another deal. They got to be done. And then he did. So, all of the moves that he made to get the guys that he did, Shane O'Reilly, um, who else did he bring in? Um, he, uh, Shane O'Reilly, um, McCabe, McCabe uh, yeah, McCabe, Lafferty, Lafferty, yeah, he brought in a number of guys that made that team significantly better, and he handled, in my opinion, the goaltending issue, um, issue, quote unquote, that the Leafs have the goaltending conundrum, expertly. He's got a fine goalie in Samsonov, and a lot of people were saying, well, he's got to make a move to get somebody better. He's got to, you know, improve that position. How is he going to improve that position when he already has like the ninth best ranked goalie in the NHL? And it's, it's also if it's not a people. pardon? I said and goaltending is also voodoo most of the time, Goal, guys. Goaltending's voodoo. If you're not making a like there's five guys, four guys, five guys that you would trade for like happily in the NHL right now as a goaltender and say like that guy makes my team better yeah. for the Leafs and they weren't going to get any of them. So that's a, that's a lateral move if they were to acquire anybody, a lateral lateral or like a, a worse off move. So I think Dubas handled, 
everything he needed to and then some perfectly and really set that Leafs team up to compete in a really, really, really difficult division. So good on him. Winner. Okay, so my winner. This is what they've acquired. Two firsts, a third, a second, a fourth, uh, a prospect from a couple of years ago, Zach Dean, and Jacob Vrana for little to nothing. The Man, the St. Louis Blues killed the deadline. They traded Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Ivan Barbashev. They cleared out all of their, and also Nico Mikola. They they cleared out all of their pending UFAs and were able to get real strong assets back. Now, does this necessarily mean that this team is going to go full-blown rebuild? Not necessarily. These are all assets that they can use in a package to go after another player. Um, I, You know, and I've already mentioned this, you know how much I love that Jacob Brandon deal. The fact that you're getting this guy at $2.6 million for next year and what you could do at the deadline for this guy? Oh my goodness. Could you imagine if Jacob Vrana scores like 35 goals by the deadline next year and the package you're going to get for him? Because he's going to be like 28 years old and you can move him for just about anything you want? Like that that's a, just a shrew- and they they traded a uh they traded a 27-year-old AHL defenseman in Dylan McLaughlin and a 7th round pick. Quite literally pennies. They spent absolutely nothing to get him. And then getting Zach Dean, I mentioned this before with the Ivan Barbashev deal. I really didn't like that deal for Vegas, but St. Louis is just continuing to build assets. And with a scouting staff as strong as theirs, I firmly believe that they can turn this into something. Um, I thought Doug Armstrong fucking killed this deadline. So really great to see, really great stuff to see from St. Louis, and especially from a team that you would think would try and talk themselves into buying at the deadline being like, Oh, we've got like a veteran core and you know, we don't think that we're ready to lose just yet. Um, but I mean, it's pretty bleak. And I looked at the, uh, I, I don't really care for, I mean, obviously we mentioned, I don't don't really care for plus minus too much, but I looked at the plus minus leaders today and, uh, in last place are three St. Louis blues. It's, uh, it's looking bleak in (laughs) St. Louis. So, um, absolutely love their deadline though. Great stuff to see. Uh, Miles, stuff. what is your... who? Who is? Who, I don't have a loser your... just yet. Do you oh, have a loser off the cuff? You don't want to be... You, you don't want to be a negative Nancy, hey? Well, I went first last time, so I think it's only fair you go first this time because maybe you'll steal mine. And this um, is just... This is what people in the biz call stalling because I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to pick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you only, you only get one shot, one opportunity because it's everything you... You know, to seize everything you ever wanted. Um, I would say, you know what? My pick is going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. They got booed at their town hall meeting the other day because this team has absolutely no direction and they are just kind of blissfully floating along, along, a, along a shore. They have no second round pick for the next two years which is really tough. They don't really have much with regards to prospects. They have pending UFAs all over the board. They had Justin Braun, who was a UFA. Uh, they had they traded for Brendan Lemieux. I don't quite understand that. They traded for, or sorry, they did not move off of James Van Riemsdyk, who was making $7 million. And 
You're telling me you couldn't have gotten a fourth for him. I feel like you probably could have. And this team just feels very like it's nothing. Like there's 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 no there's no path going forward. I just don't know what they expect to do. Um, you paid two seconds for Tony D'Angelo and this team and obviously he just got suspended by the way if you have you have you watched that play of like him spearing Corey Perry I have seen it yeah fucking what a rat I god (laughs) three seasons now and we still don't like Tony D'Angelo no it's it's almost like it's his personality um I'm gonna take my loser as the Kraken just simply because they didn't do anything and they're sitting in the dogfight in the Pacific, right? Like they're a team that a lot of that have outperformed significantly what a lot of people thought they were going to do um, and have been surprising. So to me, it only makes sense like, hey, let's make a couple of moves here. Let's let's capitalize on this, right? Like you see what how hard it is to get far in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs and they have, you know, an opportunity to do it this year. Maybe it's because they don't want to mess with the gel of the group. I don't know um, if they're just like, hey, we caught fire in a, in a jar here and let's just keep it rolling. Um, but I certainly think that there was moves that Ron Francis could have made to make that team better. And I don't remember seeing them doing anything noteworthy. Nope. They 1000. I don't think they've made a trade in a very long time. I actually, I, that actually might be a, be a really fun exercise. I just want to see the last time the Seattle Kraken made a trade. Let's see what, let's see what cap friendly has to show. And they, and they, they have cap space. They're barely using LTIR. They have not made a trade since February 5th. Um, which they acquired J- Jacob Magna, and that was the only trade they ma- they've made all season. They have not made a trade all year. Schmagma. And yeah, I mean, you are right. I would almost say though that I think the Kraken kind of know what they're all about, and they probably didn't want to use assets on a team that the ceiling is not there to go on a run. And I think they're kind of like. We'll see what we can do because I don't even remember like at the deadline with Vegas, like when Vegas went on their surprise run to the cup final, I don't even remember them buying at the deadline. Cause it was just kind of like, we're just riding the wave. We'll see. Oh no, sorry. never mind. They got uh, Thomas Tatar. I remember that now, right, but, but you, you also can't compare the two of them in my opinion in, in that regard, because like they were so bad last year. That's true. If they have, like holy shit, we one eighty this roster. Like, let's do something. Let's go. Yeah. We got we got our young guys coming up. Um, I don't know. Even if you want to get really creative and and trade Shane Wright or something like that, right? And try and get a haul. I don't. You're making a face, but like, fuck, dude. I don't know. Do something, Ron. Zero, zero to one hundred. <laughs> get creative, man. Maddie Berniers is your guy now. Um, no, I, I, I think that. I think that what they could have done is they could have added like a small piece, like a James Van Riemsdyk would have been a nice piece for them to add. Just, just something to show the team, you know what, guys, we're proud of you. You a did Kyler well. Yamamoto. And well, you know, and you know, it's right? funny. E- Eli Tolvanen has 11 goals and 21 points in 30 games and he was on waivers. Fuck me, right? Um, no. God. He was, I, I picked him to be my breakout player for Nashville. Did you? Yeah, he was a breakout player, just not for Nashville. <laughs> yeah, that's the NHL for you. Just Oof. loves to make awesome moves like that. The um, way she goes. Just a absolute rock star move, hey, Miles? Rock star move, <laughs> Nolan. What the heck are you doing there? What are you doing saying rock star? Because the word rock star gets thrown around a lot these days. And... 
there's another phrase that I find gets gets thrown around a lot rather haphazardly, and that is big dick energy. B-D-E. We've all heard this term tossed around almost as callously as rock star. Almost. But that's a discussion for another day. But the rock star of the week takes us all the way to we Britain. How are you doing, lads? How are you? Yeah, yeah. Pop down to the local pub. Yeah, so good. So good. Paul Shepard, the amateur metal detectorist of 25 years, made a rather large discovery, a well-endowed discovery in the Lincolnshire fields, finding a 2,000-year-old Celtic figure buried in the ground. The figure, standing nearly two inches tall, is for sale at the Newness Historical Auction in London and is expected to sell for almost 1500 pounds what is this relic you may ask well initially thought to be a roman fertility god it was quickly dated as older than romans and and celtic because of the hinge ability on the figures dot 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 penis <laughs> nonus believes that this served as a buckle uh, for a sword or a belt, and that it was worn to ward off spirits or evil that brought on infertility. Romans often carried phallic symbols on them for good luck, um, making finding phallic objects in England actually rather common. Uh, this one is made of silver, so it shows that the person who was carrying it was was va- rather wealthy, or just that they were like a crazy Celt and they believed in the magical properties associated with silver. Uh, Celts actually very interesting culture of England, very very interesting. If you have time to read about it, they're very 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 cool with a long history, like King Arthur and all that shit. I know that that's Welsh, but like Welsh Celts. Uh, friend of the show, NYR Nick is going to be fucking pounding his table like, no, you you dolt. Uh, but either way, it's worth a Google because Mr. Paul Shepard found a rock star figure. If I've ever seen one, still no word on if it's just Tommy Lee from Motley Crue or not. But Paul Shepard, you are the rock star of the week. Shout out to you and your 25 years of amateur metal detecting. I'm just going to start keeping cocks in my pockets all the time. <laughs> Google it, man. It's a little dude with a with like it's two inches. I bet you an inch and a quarter is just dick. It's um pretty accurate. It's a schlong, man. It's a knee knocker. That's a knee knocker for us. Silver draw. Yeah. Shouts out. Shouts, shouts out to all small dick kings out there. <laughs> little dick kings. Short kings. Oh, God, this episode got weird. We went up and down and all the way around. Uh, but let's get back to it, Nolan. We play, we, 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 Oilers play the Bruins March 9th and Toronto Saturday, March 2nd. We're both saying 2-0. and oh. A lot of hot takes this up. A lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of strays caught by a lot of different people, a lot of different teams, a lot of different players. But I think it's valid. I think it's worth it. And uh, at the end of the day, this is the home of Hot Takes and Hotter Listeners, one for one. Thank you for joining us for this Season 3, Episode 17. Yeah, yeah. We love it. We love you. Thanks for everything. And go, let's go. Go, let's go.